This is the truth about the FTX scandal. We're about to reveal some crazy facts about the FTX scandal that you need to know about. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing the truth about the FTX scandal. There are some crazy developments happening as of late. We got Ukraine. We got the Bahamas. We got sex tapes. Oh, There's man. a lot going the on. SEC, Gary there, Gensler. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, so we're going to un- unpack what's been happening over the past week but also give you some lessons to be learned so that you don't end up like the people who are on FTX yeah. and losing millions of dollars. Because with every mistake, you know, it doesn't matter if you had exposure to FTX personally or if your portfolio got hit from it. The most important thing, you can't change the past, right? So it's all about learning from mistakes that happen in the world by yourself or by others and making sure that you go forward with a better mind frame. So we're going to we're going to talk about what happened and also point out at certain points where red flags could have been raised and how we can all be better investors moving forward and also talk about some crazy conspiracy connections that we've definitely uncovered about this insane story. Yeah, it's nuts. So basically, you know, um, what's his name? Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX, controlled some funds at Almeida. Um, they use their Ponzi token, the FTT token, as collateral to borrow billions in real money that couldn't be paid back to the investors. And this ended up, what ended up happening is there was an article released on Coindesk about their balance sheet, how the assets and liabilities didn't match up. And then CZ, the, the, the founder of Binance, stepped in and he's got a really big echo chamber on Twitter. This led to a bank run. And what ended up happening is everybody started to pull their assets off of FTX that didn't really exist, they end up going bankrupt and a lot of people lost a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, what, once that bank, uh, the, the balance sheet thing came out about FTX, it was, he took a look at that, it was just like, this is ridiculous. You know, a, a lion's share of their funds were held in their own token, which, mm. you know, really held no value because the FTT token really didn't have any utility in mm. the ecosystem. It was just like a Ponzi token, right? Yeah. And then another thing I saw was they had like $250 million in this Serum token. Serum was the leading DEX for Solana. And the market cap of Serum was like 80 million. Wow. So they're, they're showing $250 million of Serum token and the entire market cap of Serum is 80 million. It's like, uh, these- <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, add, doesn't really add up, right? Add up. So it's just fake money that existed. It was all fake. Um, and then, so with, withdrawals were frozen. Then the website went down. But if you try, well, the, so the website was still access, accessible. You could still access their app. But what ended up happening was there was like some Trojan horse and some hack that existed. Yep. So if you went on to it, your m- money would start getting taken from your account. Because then there was another hack that happened and drained like the the remaining $400 million from the platform. That's right. So, I mean, when you look at what they were doing, they were taking customer deposits, customer funds. So say I put $5,000 onto FTX. Okay. That would go to Alameda Research immediately, not even FTX. 
and they would use that money to do their crazy investments and loans and go high leverage schemes on Alameda. So FTX never even really got any of that money. It was just a massive scheme to get money to their Alameda research, who then they would use to buy other tokens and dump them on retail or do crazy leverage positions. It was this... Yeah, they're over-leveraging. Yeah, it was just a crazy scam. Yeah. So so they ended up making billions, um, but then they lost everything. Yeah. And uh, now, <laughs> once the, you know, the dominoes started falling, and now, you know, you see these connections. So there's SBF, and then there's this Caroline girl, who was like his... The, the, the person who ran Alameda. Just 28-year-old girl, you know... I'm sure you've seen some of the crazy quotes that she said where she's barely using, you know, using elementary school math, like no risk tolerance, don't set stop losses. She, her, I think her dad was Gary Gensler's boss. Right. The, the chairman of the SEC. Yeah. So there's this massive... The, the chairman of the SEC who is supposedly out there to protect investors. Right. So Caroline's dad is the, was the boss of Gary Gensler and Caroline is right there literally in bed with SBF. So there's this connection here between them. And I mean, just the fact that you've seen all this go down and Sam is not locked up. He's in the Bahamas grocery, grocery shop and he's playing League of Legends. He's tweeting ridiculous cryptic tweets. There's, there ha- there's, this goes deep. There is a connection here yeah. to the government. Like. So uh, the one thing, one quick takeaway from that um, is something you just mentioned there about her language. And I, th- I believe it was the Alameda pitch deck that came out. So this is... One takeaway, we'll, we'll kind of work them in throughout the episode or at the end or something like that. Um, we're just winging it here. Yep. Uh, but the fact that there was spelling mistakes in the pitch deck, uh, in addition to the fact, I believe, that the, it said that there was no risk, um, guaranteed returns of 15%. So that is a takeaway for me. Yeah, 100%. That's a red flag. So next time you're investigating a crypto project and you're whether it's the website or the white paper, it's like this just goes to show you that you need to spend a little bit more time actually researching and seeing where where does something seem too good to be true? Where are there spelling mistakes? Where are there errors? Because if they're making them there, they're probably making them elsewhere. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something we preach all the time in the show when doing your due diligence in crypto projects. Check the website out. Check the team out. Check the telegram out. If you see things that don't look, sh- that don't look right, spelling mistakes making false claims about guaranteed investment returns. Boom, red flag, get out, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, people were just, um, you know, bamboozled by Sam and Caroline. But if you really looked at what they were doing and what was on their websites and pitch decks, you could see the signs were there. But because they had, they had a meteoric rise in the industry and all the venture capital firms were in, you know, Kevin O'Leary, literally everyone. So it's like, oh, well, you know what? We're just going to ignore that. But the lesson there is don't ignore red flags, regardless of how many people are propping someone up, right? Exactly. And then to your other point about being in bed with, this actually opens up a lot of doors. Like, what is actually happening here? You know, we have inflation spiking all around the world. We have interest rates, you know, being hiked. We have economies pretty much collapsing at the moment. It seems as though the whole world right now is fighting for a new currency. And it's like, who is going to control it? Because there's so much up for stakes right now, you know, and we have, so what really caught my attention was the fact that SBF is still just, like you said, walking around perfectly fine. He's ripped 10 plus billion dollars off of people, right? That's a lot of money. It's, it, it's insane that the, the tornado cash guy, 
one of the developers, was in the Netherlands and got arrested for suspicion of not he didn't even it's not even it wasn't even verified at the time, but it was suspicion of money laundering. And he, he just made the code. He just did the code. This guy is literally on Twitter saying that he what he did. Yeah. And he's just walking around like everything's fucking fine. It's bullshit. <laughs> and then at the same time, and we were talking about this earlier, is now the Fed is rolling out this Fed dollar this Fed dollar project. A day at, a day later. At the same time. Right? And well, then these things are happening. It's almost like it was planned from the start. Although I I don't I don't think it was planned out that, you know, CZ and Binance were gonna take them down. No. Because I think CZ is kind of he operates on his own. I d- I'm not sure. What, I mean, he, uh, who knows? Yeah. But I don't think they would have planned for CZ to do that bank run on FTX and for them to take it down like that. But there is a connection here between the government, the SEC, FTX, SBF, Alameda Research, and I don't know if this Fed dollar coming rolling out at the same time is a coincidence. But there's a lot of coincidences. So. It is impeccable because you have MasterCard, Wells Fargo, Citigroup. They just launched this 12-week experimental dollar. Um, 12 weeks goes to when the next review of the next spot Bitcoin uh, ETF is going to come out. There hasn't been an approval for a spot Bitcoin, but it it lines up on the exact same day as when this comes to an end. What's more is they also moved the SWIFT migration to the ISO 20022 standard has also been moved back to March mm. when it was supposed to happen uh, this month. Right. So that's not happening. Mm. So there's a few like funny little things that are occurring. And then you have the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, routers, all coming out and painting SPF look like this this king, like this beautiful man who just made, made a mistake or something like that. Yeah, just a gigantic fluff piece, eh? And he was one of the largest crypto contributors who was trying to push for crypto regulation he had the largest amount of donations at $40 million to the Democrats. Mm. And his parents, who are these uh, law professors at Stanford, are also in bed with uh, the SEC chairman. Yeah. there's, there's, And then, so continuing to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, <laughs> this is obviously an unconfirmed thing, but we've, we've started to hear people talk on Twitter about this, is the connection between government funds, FTX, and the Ukraine war. So as we know, the United States has been sending billions, if billions and hundreds of billions to Ukraine in war aid, right? And a lot of people have been questioning this money. And there have been uh, accusations of money laundering coming out willy-nilly. But now what we're seeing is rumors that when people are now going through the FTX books, you're seeing proof that the U.S. was sending government to Ukraine, the U.S. was sending money to Ukraine, and Ukraine was sending it back to, the, to American government through FTX, so the U.S. is saying that they're providing aid to Ukraine, but really they're washing dirty money, and then it goes back through an anonymous crypto exchange, blockchain, you know, you can't tell where it, who's it coming from, blah, 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 back to the American government wallets. Now, if that story is confirmed and true, I can only imagine the massive fallout that will have. Like, that is, that is a crime of historic proportions. It's nuts. Because, yeah, you, do, you see these reports, and it's like, um, White House asked for another 27, like just the other day, asked for another $27 billion to send to Ukraine. What the fuck? That is a lot of money. What? You just sent $100 billion there. Why are you sending another $27 billion? It's crazy. You know, it is absolutely nuts. So another report that came out was the Bahamas government ordered uh, SBF to hack the FTX system and transfer assets to the Bahamas government. I saw that. Yeah, that, that's, what is that? And this came from the court filings. So this is documented. So all the money that got stolen just got sent to the Bahamas government. 
it's ridiculous. And if you you know if you if you follow our show, you're probably wondering why we didn't do this episode sooner. But it's because new news comes out every day. We are only at the start of uncovering this massive onion of corruption and and scandal. So you know we might even do a part two of this in a month and and visit back. But there's just so much stuff coming out. Like the conspiracy theorists are probably having a field day, and for good reason. There's too many coincidences, too many people that knew, too many people, all things happening around the same time to eventually put these regulations and fed dollar into place right around the time that the ftx crash happens it's boy boils my skin i don't, yeah, really no, don't no. like it it's, a, it's 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 the thing what's pro what the problem here is now is that everything's got lumped into one basket so crypto is now associated with bitcoin bitcoin's associated with exchanges it's and it's now associated with shit coins and now that now you have all these projects and and Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain, everything just sits in one basket now be- because of this. Yeah. So now it's going to take forever for regulations to get in place. And, you know, it's just, it's, cra- it's a huge clusterfuck because of this one. Yeah. And, and again, it's really weird that the guy's still not arrested. It's, it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out over the next, over the coming months yeah. and year, right? So maybe we can move into some some major lessons that we learned yep. and that people should take from this entire crash and scandal, right? So the first thing that I can think of, it's the, it's the easiest one. Never hold all your funds on one exchange, mm. and a centralized exchange specifically. Right. You know, we saw people lose hundreds of millions, all their net worth because they had it on FTX, who, you know, before this, you would have thought, if you're going to have all your funds in one place, Binance, FTX, Coinbase, Pretty good places. They're not going to go down, right? But that's a, a, just a f- massive takeaway. So if you have crypto, either spread it out through exchanges or don't hold a lot of it on centralized exchanges, you know, that's a, that's a huge takeaway. Yeah, I mean, um, Le- Ledger has seen, you know, all-time high in sales now for the yeah. for the hard wallets. Uh, you know, whether you're using MetaMask or something like that where you have custody of your own tokens. An exchange is literally, in, is what it, <laughs> an exchange is the word it's an exchange it's a place where it's not a bank it's not something it's not called a store of value yeah it's a place where you exchange whether it's fiat for a crypto or an altcoin or fiat or sorry or an altcoin for fiat or token for token that's all it's used for there's no reason to be storing your assets there for for good and if you are going to be making these change exchanges you're better off using a decentralized exchange because it can't be shut down with uh, halt, withdrawals halted. So if you're going to make a fiat swap to an altcoin, use a, a decentralized exchange. For sure. And, and yeah, it, it's exactly what you just mentioned there. It brings me to my second point, which is use cold storage. Get a hard wallet. Get a Nano Ledger X or whatever it is, whatever uh, hard, hard wallet you think is the best. If you have significant amount of crypto and you don't plan on trading it or selling it anytime soon, there is now no reason for you not to buy a hard wallet Get your crypto off of hot wallets into into your cold storage. Keep it in your apartment. It is safe there. Mm. Like that is, if you've ever needed a reason, this crash is the reason to get your crypto off exchanges into cold storage hard wallets. That's right. It's the same process. You know, you just attach it to your computer, swap it out, and boom, it's there. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is a lot of people can't can barely look after themselves. Um, so they kind of, they almost need something that's really basic and simple. And that's why I said, like, if you treat it like a bank, like, oh, I go in there and I put my credit card in or my debit card and I get my money out. Why can't, why am I not just doing the exact same th- thing on a central exchange? For sure. Especially when it's got a title, you know, it's like Binance or FTX. Like, oh, it's like I'm walking into uh, TD Ameritrade or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, For 
uh, I think another thing that, so I've made some videos about, you know, what could possibly be what's happening in the space. And sometimes I think people's, uh, <laughs> their time frames and their mindset is just way too tiny. So I made something about like crypto.com. It's like, be cautious because what they're doing right now is kind of shady. They, we highlight, highlighted this in a previous episode. They're sending money accidentally from, from their exchange to gate.io. Why would you be doing that? That is pretty shady. Something's up. And withdrawals were halted for uh, Cardano users. Those are two red flags. Mm. Yes, it could be treated as FUD. And yes, it could end up being not true. But why are you going to take the risk? Yeah. Right? So, like, the amount of hate comments I received on, the, on this video is just like, hey, look, don't take the risk. So, my lesson learned is treat it as true until otherwise proven guilty. Or, sorry, the, the exchange could be guilty. And, yep. Right? So, don't take the risk. Yeah. If there's some sort of FUD right now, just look into it deeper and, and treat it as though it, it's real. Yeah, for sure. And that leads into another point I have, which is don't trust what massive leaders and founders and CEOs say on social media. Because you saw SBF right before they collapsed. He said, assets are fine. We've not been using customers' assets to trade. Everything's fine. Two days later, it's he literally lied through his teeth. And we saw that happen with Luna and Doquan. We saw that happen with Three Arrows Capital and Zuzu. And we saw that happen with Celsius and Alex Mashinsky. All of them went through the same pattern, saying everything's fine, assets are secure, users' funds are fine, withdrawals will not be halted. And 48 hours later, in almost every case, the exact opposite of what they said. So when you see the crypto.com founder and publicly defending the exchange, as you said, maybe he's right. Maybe they're not going to be halting withdrawals and maybe the exchange won't go down. But you can't trust anything those guys say because they're acting in self-interest. Mm. So if there is smoke, there may not be fire, but there may be fire. So you have to take those red flags and act quickly. Get your funds out of those exchanges because there is no reason to risk your money. Exactly. And then to that point, diversify your risk. You know, like you said, don't, don't have all your money on one exchange. Maybe hold it across multiple exchanges or you keep some on a hard wallet but keep some on a cold store like you never know what is going to happen maybe you know don't go all in on the ftt token because clearly we could see what happened or even solana which is now yeah. attached to alameda and you know the venture capitalist there so you want to diversify your risk yeah and don't be all in on any one project 100 percent. that was one of my next points as well is is make sure you're you're crypto portfolio is diversified enough that if one ecosystem goes down, you know, the Alameda Solana ecosystem, you know, imagine if you were such a big Solana person that you never listened to our don't truth about Solana episode where we said, get rid of it. And you held FTT, Solana, Serum, <laughs> Aptos, all these Solana projects that all got absolutely decimated in a 48 hour span because you didn't diversify your portfolio enough. You know, that is a sign that you should always never go all in on one token or one ecosystem or one research investment portfolio because you can see how fast contagion can happen. And when the dominoes fall, you don't want to be sit hold, uh, left holding the bag. So definitely make sure your, your coins are diversified enough that you won't be completely ruined. And if you're diversified and you're not all in and you haven't lost anything, keep some cash on hand. Yeah. So... Another lesson learned is always have, whether it's a stable coin or just fiat, you can transfer it in. You know, it doesn't have to be a stable coin. Just have something on the sidelines for when these black swan events occur. Because the people sitting in cash right now are looking at potentially an opportunity of a lifetime. 
Yeah. 100%. Always have cash on hand because, and this, this has taught us more than we could have ever thought. You never know what's going to happen. You know, there's been some insane stuff that's happened over the crypto industry over the past six months. Always have cash on hand to buy the dips, which leads me into my next point. There's no rush to catch a falling knife. You know, I, I think a lot of people saw from what happened with the COVID crash, it was just this massive V recovery. So now when we see crashes subsequently, you think, oh no, I have to go all in now because it's going to bounce back. Well, it's not. You know, we talked about this in another episode. This is now crypto winter. We're going to see a long accumulation phase because retail and institutions have both been alienated. So there's no rush to catch a falling knife. Slowly dollar cost averaging accumulate because these things don't, after such a massive collapse and scandal, it's not bouncing back anytime soon. Don't catch that falling knife. And don't use leverage as well. Like you don't need mm. to be leveraged up in these situations. This is not the time to be using leverage. And to to that point is not catching a falling light, catching a falling knife is pay attention because, and that's what we try to do for you guys is like put together the pieces to identify what's going to be happening next. Uh, what ended up happening when Luna went under, it took over a month before we really started to see the after effects and the aftermath of that before we saw Bitcoin take another massive dive a month later because 3AC went under, Voyager, um, Celsius. So what's going to happen now with this FTX fallout? It's going to, it could take, I mean, we're already seeing BlockFi file for bankruptcy and uh, Genesis, which holds tons of capital. Um, you know, we're seeing Tom Brady and yeah. all <laughs> these guys get sued. Yeah. It's only a few days in. Just like there's still ripple effects to be had here over the next month two months so don't worry about catching the like don't catch this falling knife and just wait yeah take some time be cautious and and exactly it's actually one thing you just said there is important i want to highlight it is pay attention because i feel like a lot of people now they will see what's happened in the industry and they will run away and they will stop paying attention they said ah crypto's a scam bitcoin's going to zero the whole industry's a sham well no it's not everything is cyclical and if you stop paying attention now when everything is cheap you're going to miss the next opportunities. You're going to miss the next bull run because you stop paying attention at literally the worst possible time. Now is actually the time to pay attention the most mm. because you're going to, if you pay attention and you do your research, you're going to find the really good projects that are going to survive and that will do a 10x, 100x from their generational bottoms, which we will likely see over the next 12 months. So as, as hard as the market is right now and as bloody and terrible and scammy as everything looks, now is not the time to tune out. Now is the time to tune in. Make sure you're following the Bean Pod. Jump in the Discord. We're always talking about great projects. This is the time to make generational wealth at the bottom, the scariest part of a bear market, right? And I think it also highlights why you and I are always looking for like hidden gem altcoins um, from the crypto side of things is because this is when projects can rise up from the ashes. This is when, this is when those generational opportunities are, are born and created. So I made a post in the Discord today for so if people want to jump in there and check it out. Um, I'm still looking at like high quality, low cap altcoins. And there's a few reasons for this. And it highlights everything that we've just dis discussed. So first of all, the opportunities for huge potential of growth is there. You're not going to get that with a Solana. A Solana is already sitting at $30 billion market cap. What, how much revenue is actually generating to be worth that? Right. Pretty much nothing. Uh their low caps are primarily only available on decentralized exchanges. So you're avoiding the centralized exchange aspect. You're not, uh, you're not, the low caps aren't affected the same way that 
the algorithms affect the large caps. When this news of SPF hits, it's like, boom, all of a sudden Ethereum tanks, Bitcoin tanks. Look at all the low caps. Man, they're just chugging along. They're chilling. Nothing's yeah. touching them. And the last point is these low caps don't have venture capital backing. So when you have Alameda tied up with uh, Solana and something goes wrong, then you know there's that cascading effect. What's more is all these venture capitalists are always trying to make a shit ton of money. So they get in the seed rounds, token price goes up, pumps, dumps, yeah. everybody loses. A lot of these low caps don't necessarily have that. So if you look at a lot of the low caps that we've talked about, like Aventus, it's up 7% still yeah. over the past 90 days. Yeah. Morpheus Network, up 8% still. Sombra Network, up like 300%. Yep. There's a few other ones that like RVF and GNS. Those are up 80%. So it's yeah. like the low cap with quality are like projects that I still want to keep looking at. Yeah, 100%. I think it's a great point that they're not affected by by the price of Bitcoin. You know, when you see price of Bitcoin go up and down, all the, the top 200 projects just follow it, like blind, blindly follow it. But the low caps that we always find, they move on their own because people don't have to panic sell them from cap from venture capital firms to cover these cascading effects of a, of a crash. So yeah, if you're, if you're looking for interesting opportunities and cool projects and names that aren't going to be necessarily affected by the cascading effect of this FTX crash, jump in our Discord, make sure to follow because we're always looking for these quality, quality, low cap hidden gem altcoins. And we'll continue covering them on these episodes. So make sure you like, subscribe. Leave some comments about maybe what other podcasts you'd like to see and then tune to the next episode. Because that one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.